today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek and Jason here. Derek Madonna uh, came out apparently is gay over the weekend. Not quite sure. It seemed like a funny bit that she was doing, but it involved some giant panties and a missed shot into her wastebasket. Yeah, let's break this down. So Madonna posted a video on TikTok uh, where she's holding a pair of panties, uh, women's underwear, and she balls it up and says, <laughs> says, if I miss, I'm gay. And then she appears to deliberately miss. It's and a so, cutaway shot where the yeah. panties m- miss. She's throwing out in a hamper and they miss by like seven feet. But yeah, exactly. She's yeah. not intending to make it. It's not a close shot. Um, it's a little bit strange. So Madonna has always played with her sexuality, right? I mean, this is part of her stock in trade. Remember that book that came out, Sex? That yep. she. I mean, she has always toyed with this, but seemingly has been uh, fluid, but but mostly heterosexual, at least in her personal but, life. Dennis Rodman, Jose Canseco, but they, Tupac Shakur. We, to our knowledge, I mean, she had the kiss with uh, Christina and Brittany, and then she replicated the the kiss more recently with somebody else. Doesn't doesn't matter. She's certainly a gay icon. And she's that's a gay factor, for sure, a gay it. icon. But to to my knowledge, I think to our knowledge, she's never had a relationship with a gay with, with a woman, yeah. and she's never had a physical, intimate relationship with a woman, whether or not it was an emotional relationship, yeah. except for the kissing on stage, which is not. The kisses on stage no. seemed what people call gay for play. Like she yeah. was sort of, you know, not mocking, not in a mocking tone because Madonna is obviously sort of very supportive of yeah, LGBTQ. Of yes. So that that is not a question. Uh, what misses for me is, I think this is a, sort of a strange thing to sort of play around with your sexuality in your 60s and say, I'm gay as a stunt. If it is yeah. a stunt, and it seems like one to me, you know, she's had mostly heterosexual there's relationships in her life that we're aware of there could be an awakening but i don't think that's what's going on here i think it's a stunt yeah so so we, we talked a little bit about this and in the morning meeting and then you know harvey had some thoughts on this that i think when it when it follows madonna is obviously lives in a, in a in a world for herself that that is completely open to all sexualities all lifestyles no judgment from her she right. was into bdsm before right. bdsm was cool right right yeah. and it's not like it does, maybe she had uh, finally a, a revelation in her 60s that she was gay or but you think that if she would have had these emotions before she would have articulated them it, there was no shame and and nothing she wouldn't have cost her career at all it wouldn't have changed her persona at all and you get the so, sense that she might have hoped she was a certain way because yeah. she was such a provocateur. It would have made her, she might have thought, it would have made me cool. I'm in this heterosexual I, body, but, but I really wish that, I could be that's more edgy. Where, that's where my concern is, yeah. to the extent I have concern about it, but that she just is so into being a provocateur, so into remaining relevant. We saw the NFT with the tree going out of her vagina. We've seen all these yes. like little plays <laughs> on social she media. Tap into everything. She tries to tap into everything to remain relevant, and I'm I'm concerned that she's now tapped into this as in an effort to remain relevant, which, to the point that I think you were making, it really does a disservice to the gay community who struggles with these kinds of things, and actually it's hard to come out and, and all this other stuff, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. I, look, I think she is given a sort of lifetime pass by the LGBTQ community. I don't think you will see anyone sort of take her to task and say, how dare you? Right. I mean, maybe she's in the age of Twitter, of credit, some people will say that, but she's, she's there's got gonna a lot be haters of goodwill. out there, but she's yeah. got a lot of goodwill in the LGBTQ community. And, and, and sure. I take her that she didn't have any malevolence behind this. It's whether you should, you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't think Think that Madonna, my malevolence. I, I, I don't if, think she's mocking being gay. I no. think she's sort of stunting on TikTok because she doesn't really understand the format and wants to do something that will get a headline. And so she is willing to just sort of like make a joke uh, 
that is I plausible think little, deniability because yeah. it's so like ham-fisted with the throwing the underwear and and plus they're clearly not her underwear also i think that was a big point they're these giant bloomers if they are it's a real sign of the times because <laughs> i never i've thought about madonna's underwear a lot in my lifetime and it was never that kind of underwear right i mean that's not what I'm not going to say around. right in response to that. was very, <laughs> very strange. Um, so, you know, I have mixed feelings on this. Uh, while I think that, that any controversy that could possibly come out of it, that she's she's sort of, you know, being too loose or mocking in some way, I think that'll pass quickly. But I was taken aback and not in a good way. I, I don't think there's a good look for Madonna. She always tiptoes that line between, like, desperation, and that's sort of her thing. But this seems different than desperation. This seems a little bit to me potentially offensive to an entire community that has supported her entire career. I, I go with desperation. I, I, yeah. I, I think she, it's just a real sort of missed attempt to be provocative and instead has come off as insensitive maybe, like in but, any way. but also just not creative and, and just uh, a miss in every respect. But, I want to move on to, like, I think this is a miss, and, and obviously our next person that we're going to talk about, Kanye West, what he's done lately seems like a big miss, but maybe with him there's some mental illness involved. We'll talk about it. So... Kanye West, um, he has been uh, out and about wearing the White Lives Matter shirt, yeah. and now he took it out in a public setting. So we've seen him with Candace Owens standing there in the White Lives Matter shirt, but that was a sort of fashion show where you expect some provocative uh, sort of visual artistry, and maybe it has a context that can live there. He wore it to uh, North, North's basketball game, yeah. which is a kid's game. Uh, Kim snubbed him at the game. You can see she's giving him sort of an icy stare. She's sitting because, sort of in row one, and he's in row three almost directly behind her, yes. and they're not communicating in any way. At all. And, and you know, he has sort of brought now these antics that have created a firestorm. I mean, he tweeted over the weekend, uh, you know, things that people have called anti-Semitic, saying he was going to go uh, Death Con 3 on, on Jews, which... I, I found interesting. I want to pause there for a moment. He wrote it as Deathcon, D-E-A-T-H, and he's also celebrated recently that he doesn't like to read books, and the term is Defcon. I found that sort of a strange marriage that he doesn't well, like books and celebrates book? not reading. Term, everybody knows the term Defcon from the War Games movie, not from reading books. Oh, I guess that's right, but he misheard it apparently because he yeah. put it as Deathcon. Kanye's crazy, but he's smart. I think it was intentional. Oh, I didn't even consider that. I just assumed he has misheard the term DEFCON. Yeah. But you think it was like he wants to bring death upon the Jews? That's a really well, provocative def statement. DEFCON or DEFCON is still bringing de death upon the Jews, right? Yeah, DEFCON, though, is like a military term about How close you are to nuclear so Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Different kind of death, I guess. But anyway, I, I, I digress. So they're at this basketball game, and my question for you is— you know, we're beyond the point of whether he's appropriate or whether he's, he says things that are, you know, overly inflammatory. But bringing it to North's game, do you think, is indicative that he's going through some sort of serious mental episode or indicative that this is the Kanye we can expect going forward and it's just who he is? So he, here, here are my thoughts. I'm trying to be as specific as I can about this. Uh him wearing the white, we, we know that Kanye has suffered from mental illness in the past, and it, there's a tendency, and everything that he does, I guess, needs to be looked through the lens of mental illness. But he is stating a political viewpoint that I think he truly, in his heart of hearts, has. And because it's so odd, it's so odd in liberal Los Angeles to do it, it's so odd as a black man to do it, it's so odd given his whatever, because he's so odd, we're assigning it to mental illness. I honestly think this is his political view that Black Lives Matter is a scam, that it 
uh, it, it this uh, that the Black Lives Matter movement, which was corrupt, the the hierarchy that called themselves Black Lives Matter was very corrupt, and he's targeted that. Yes. But there's an entire movement that underlies the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, there are people that that underlie it who are, are good people, and he believes though that they're misguided yep. in their beliefs in Black Lives Matter. I think he's stating a political opinion that you and I may disagree with. That the, most of the people at the basketball game in liberal Los Angeles seriously, obviously agree with, disagree with, but I, I just think to assign it to mental illness means we're just we're just judging the statement as opposed to the man who's making I, it. I, I I agree with you. I think if Kanye has a sincere political belief about what he is saying uh, when he goes on to be interviewed by Tucker Carlson, when he wears the White Lives Matter shirt, he likes hanging out with Candace Owens. Something resonates with him deeply. I think you're right. It's dangerous to say, well, when he speaks in a way that I disagree with politically, that's his mental illness talking. And when he is in a more, quote unquote, calm state, that's the real Kanye. I don't think that's true. I'm with you. I think everything is informed and there's a lens of uh, there's a mental illness situation in the presentation of his ideas sometimes yeah, i see yeah. they're sort of erratic a sort of manic type episodes when he goes on these runs twitter runs or he calls up tucker carlson apparently there were reports that he just wanted to have that interview and called him up directly and said can i be on your show and they're like of course i'd love to book yeah, Kanye I, I don't think he said can i be i think he said i'm coming on i'm your coming show. on your show right, and, right. and i think the presentation is the way it sort of reads his mental illness but i don't i agree with you i don't think this is not what he believes and then you turn off the switch and all of a sudden he's a he's a liberal and, and right. progressive guy i think these are his true beliefs but you also can't sort of entirely divorce it from you know the mental illness overlay because i think some of his susceptibility to certain types of ideas is informed by that yeah. in a way sure uh, you sure. know and, I, I can't, and so I can't you can't possibly, like separate them entirely i can't possibly argue against that i mean we don't know where his mental illness starts and where it ends and yeah. what's informed by it and what is more b- b- lucid thought. I, I, I don't know. What do you do in this situation? Let's drag it back to this because we all know his political yeah. views and I don't want to sort of debate their merits. But at his basketball game, North is there. She's a very young kid. I think she's, you know, eight years old, let's right. say. Uh, is it appropriate to bring it there? What What should Kim do? You want fathers to be involved in their children's lives and you want them to go to the basketball games and yeah. be supportive. But obviously he's some somewhat of a distraction here. So how do you manage that? Well, I don't know if you do if you're Kim. I mean, first of all, when you're, if you're Kim, you knew what you were getting into when you married this guy and you certainly saw it develop through the years and this is her cross to bear now is yeah that we're here her, now her father the uh, sorry not her father the father of her four kids is wacky yeah and she has to deal with that and she can't keep him from the basketball games and she can't keep him from the birthday parties and he's in her life regardless he's in her life regardless these kids are very young she's not he's not in her life for a very short, short period of time it's basically for the rest of her you know, until she's 60, yeah. this man is going to be a, an ever-present member of, of her family and of her, of her kid's life. And she has to deal with that. And I'm sure it tears her apart at times. Um, and I, I'm sure she wishes things were different. But but you just you sit there and you stomach it just like she is doing. It's tough. I've seen the sisters sort of come out. Chloe has sort of delicately said, Kanye, we love you uh, in, in yeah. a post and then sort of ratchets back to, but you have to stop this behavior. None of it seems to work. I yeah. think what it does is it sort of feeds these manias in a way because he feels silenced. He feels unheard. And when someone says, hey, calm down, it only seems to enrage him well, and send him further down the path. He has full belief in his own A, sanity and B, intelligence. Yes. He believes he is the smartest, sanest person in the world. Correct. I just paraphrase Donald Trump and I didn't even mean to. No, right? it, 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 he, there he, are parallels yeah, there. There are parallels there. And, and and because of that, if you tell him to calm down, that's only going to exacerbate 
the lack of calmness, right? right? If you tell him to, you know, mind himself when he has these political views, it's only going to make him go more extreme. Right. And if and, you're a yes person around him, it further emboldens him that, oh, you're you're one of the ones who understand yeah, and know what I know. There's a lot of narcissism involved. Obviously, he's yeah, it's no no surprise. He's a very narcissistic guy. He has great belief in his own talent, as, as well he should. And, 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 and he has a real talent. And That's he has the complication. Real that there is, is real talent. There is real artistry. There is real genius to yeah. Kanye West. And, and so, there's real mental illness. So where the hell do you land on this guy? Where do you land? Because yeah. when an ordinary person comes and talks to him, he says, well, I'm the artistic genius. That's been proven. You've right. seen my track record. Right. Who the hell are you? You need another genius? Yeah. So, like, honestly, I, I do think about this sometimes. Could someone, like, who he respects as a genius, Stevie Wonder, I don't, I, I don't know, someone who is heralded as a musical genius, and it's sort of... Quincy un, Jones. It's... Yeah. It's uncontroversial. Yeah. Quincy Jones. Right. Would those kind of people resonate with Kanye if they said, hey, brother, look, we're both artists. I get what you're doing, I but think, I think your, uh, your message uh, is getting a little I, I, I think, and I don't know this, that Kanye thinks he's smarter than all those guys. I do, too. He has compared himself to Jesus. He he thinks that he is almost godlike, divinely inspired in his, in his artistry, in his brilliance. You know, he really does think he's the smartest person and he and believes in that the geniuses world. face these headwinds. So yes. that's part of his narrative yes. is like, I'm going to expect when people are going to push back because that's what happens to geniuses. Uh, Jesus was thrown up on the cross Everything, and he was the genius right. of all geniuses. So right. it only feeds it. It's, Everything it's a wild is self fulfilling, right? Yes. Everything that happens fulfills his own belief in his destiny as, as his genius. It's a sad situation. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So let, let, let's move on. Or it's the greatest because a, geni a genius is the smartest guy in the world. Tell me about Draymond. Tell me what's going on yeah, with Draymond so, Green. So Draymond yeah. Green, we all know the video came out. TMZ got the video, published the video on Friday showing Draymond Green punching his teammate Jordan Poole right in the face. Prior to that, every the Golden State Warriors had acknowledged, prior to the video being I haven't being seen released, a punch like that, by the way, since Kermit Washington. Yeah. It, it reminded me Let's of that kind that of punch. Let's talk about that just a second, because anyway. I think there's something there. So, so prior to us releasing the video on Friday, TMZ releasing the video on Friday, the story was out that there had been a fight at practice and Draymond Green had punched or, or had a physical altercation with Jordan Poole. Yes. The Golden State Warriors, they were aware of the situation. Obviously, it was at their practice. They had the video. And they did not believe there would be any suspension, sort of a boys will be boys kind of thing. Our video comes out. There's now a, a, a call that goes up that says he needs to be suspended because what we see in that video is horrific. Jordan yes. Poole is clearly trying to defuse this issue, is shying away as, as Draymond Green approaches him, sort of pushes Draymond Green away to clear to, space, to create to create space, clear space. And Draymond Green comes in with the intent, the malevolent intent to hurt him yes. by punching him right in the face. And he does. And it is a Launches a haymaker. I mean, it is a right. true leveling punch. And and connects right in the middle of his face. And those we we have talked to people who are associated with the incident and sort of know something about the incident who say that the, the talk in the, in the arena at the time was how incredibly loud the fist connection with Jordan Poole's face was. This was something intended to hurt, and it did hurt. Um, so... 
they've now come out, Draymond Green has, and said that he is going to voluntarily step away from the Warriors for an indefinite period of time. We don't know if that means three days or three weeks or, or right. longer. This is, uh, to me, pure cover for the Golden State Warriors who did the wrong thing in the first instance. It, it, it seems that way because what Jason is, is saying basically is that the Golden State Warriors, having initially said, we know of this incident, it was at we our saw practice, it. we saw it, there are plenty of witnesses, they're not alone in the in the gym or anything like that, and they came to the conclusion that this is basically boys will be boys, we'll be handling it internally, we don't expect a suspension. When the video then comes out for them to switch switch entirely, go turn a 180 and say, well, now we need to suspend him, would basically be untenable. It would show them it would just we, be we, we, we bowing get, to the public pressure the right, of the we video. We didn't do the right thing initially, but now that everybody knows about it, we kind of have to do the right thing. That's that's not a good position to be. And remember right. Ray Rice. So in the Ray Rice situation, he punches his uh, fiance at the time right in the face in the elevator, knocks her cold, and then drags her out of the elevator. It was he, plausible that the team didn't know about that. That the NFL, the, they knew about the incident. They, they suspended Ray Rice for two days. TMZ gets the video, publishes the video. They then suspended him for an additional four or six games. And the NFL had the plausible deniability of having seen the video in the first place. And they say, look, now that we've seen the video, we're going to increase the punishment. We didn't know how bad it was. The Warriors don't have that. They, they knew exactly how bad it was. They were there. They had video of it. They saw it happen. There was no plausible deniability. So here we have Draymond saying, I will voluntarily step right. aside from the team just to until this controversy dies down. I'm going to he said all the right things. He said, look, I'm going to think about what I uh, he said. Done. I apologize. I to everybody. apologize. He is falling on the sword. But you imagine that there was also a conversation with management that basically was you need to step away right. we didn't discipline this now this video is out it's hurting our team and you need to make it right by voluntarily stepping away it's the only sort of tolerable uh sort of outcome because there needs to be some punishment i don't think this rings like punishment in the same way and i think the right. public is going to say well he gets a paid vacation after leveling so the we, teammates. we assume he's getting paid during this we time assume. we know that had the warriors been forced to suspend him or the nba been forced to suspend him he would not have gotten paid. Right. We don't know if he's going to get paid through this for this voluntary walk away. I suspect that he is. If it, he's, if he, if he, I suspect he is too. Because if he's not, he would make the announcement as well that I'm walking away from the team and I'm, and and I'm, I'm not, getting, not paid. getting paid. Right. He would definitely make that to to have it read as a punishment or say, and any pay I'm donating to sort of a, a charity, charity yeah. or I'm going to be taking in your management classes or what have you. Uh, he didn't say all of that. He just said I'm going to walk away and sort of process this and think about it and sort of circle back. So it's a little bit of a middle ground that feels unsatisfying to me. It feels very unsatisfying. I think the Warriors, who an organization that has been perfect in its management of every situation for the last 10 or so years since Steph Curry came on the scene. They have been wonderful. The best or best run organization in, in the NBA. Everybody wants to go as a free agent to play there. Yes. They get the best of the best to go, to go there. They win title after title. This is the first real misstep I've seen them make. I think it's recoverable. I don't think it's that big of a deal. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think yeah. this blows over and the Warriors have a successful run at a repeat and and, and we're not thinking about what, this? What's, it, what's interesting is Draymond Green's talent has dis declined dramatically over the last and couple of years. Not, Jordan's is on the ascent. Yeah, and Jordan Poole's on the ascent. Draymond Green's gotten older and sure. his talents are very specific physical nature that are going to decline with time. Jordan Poole is 23 years old, two years old, yep. and he had a boom breakout season last year, and he's in line for a max $30 million, $40 million contract, whatever it is. We have a story uh, on our website that that was the source of the tension, is that this yeah. guy may get a huge contract with the Warriors, and Draymond's having a hard time right. negotiating a, a well, very if they're going to pay Jordan Poole that kind of money, Draymond Green's going to be a casualty of that. They can't keep There's both. a salary cap. Right. So, so it's you, you got all these things... It, but so I think Draymond, I think this might be the beginning of the end of Draymond Green and Golden State. And Golden State, he's been a crucial part of that, those title teams. So it'll be interesting to see if the team really recovers. 
I don't think it's a huge deal. I think the NBA sort of gets out of the way in a, in a week or two. The season starts, and I think it's over. I think that's right. I think that's right. So let's move to our our last. Oh wait, Kermit Washington, real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell them a little bit about Kermit. Nineteen seventy-seven, something like somewhere that. Somewhere around there. Kermit Washington, a player for the Los Angeles Lakers, were playing against the. Somebody else, uh, a guy who became an NBA head coach, a title-winning coach by the name of Rudy Tomjanovich. There there was a scuffle that broke out at half court during the game, and Kermit Washington walks into towards the scuffle. Rudy Tomjanovich is playing peacemaker, trying to push people apart, and Kermit Washington play peacemaker, running running into play peacemaker. Kermit Washington running at Rudy Tomjanovich, reaches back and punches him square in the face and broke. All of Rudy Tomjanovich's face, every Tasted bone in his spinal fluid—it's horrific. It's hor- yeah. it's horrific. Yeah. A lot of the rule, and this was at the at the before uh, Magic and Bird came right. along to save the league. Just in the year or two before that, and the league was at its it, its cocaine highs, yes. its fighting highs, very violent. Its, its popularity lows. It's when the NBA Finals weren't being broadcast live; they were being broadcast later. The league was at the depths of where it's ever been, frankly, since inception. And then Magic and Bird come along and save it, but Rudy, that 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 punch became the symbolism, symbolic for the decline of the NBA. Yes, and and to, and to your point, Kermit Washington never recovered from yes. that. It is it followed him around for the rest of his career. He had a sort of serviceable kind of journeyman's career, but everyone only thinks about that incident. Draymond's different. Draymond yeah. has a couple. Cha- two Kermit or three Washington was well regarded as a really good guy who just yes. had a really bad moment. Draymond's not a really good it's guy. It's the opposite. Right. Yeah, Draymond, this is what we were waiting for this powder keg to blow and hair blue. Yeah. Uh, let's move to our last story. So Bill Maher uh, uh, on his on his real time on Friday, talking a lot about uh, the, the sort of tribalism of America. And he's, and he's using the example of Mark Fincham. Mark Fincham is a guy who's running for secretary of state in Arizona. He is a Trump style Republican. And he issued some quotes where he said uh, he can't fathom some he's never met someone who voted for joe biden he he can't wrap his head around that type of person it sounds almost fictional to him trump or sorry bill maher uses this as a as a platform to get into the issue of it's not only bad that we're in these silos the real harm of these silos is that not only are the views on the other side objectionable they sound fantasy they sound fantastical you you literally can't understand what the other side believes because we're in two different silos of truth and without any communication between those sides, we're only going to get into a worse state of affairs. And so he's using this as an example. This is a guy who's going to be in a position of power, potentially, to determine election results. And he simply is unwilling to accept the fact that there are Democrats and who he's vote all, for he, Biden. He's also said that if if uh, Biden were to win the next election or a Democrat would, he just simply wouldn't certify the results. That's right. It has to be fraud in his mind. And he, Bill is trying to say this isn't necessarily malevolence. He just can't get his mind around it. Right. He, he can't understand how someone could cast a vote for Biden. So if he sees that result, he'll immediately think that has to be the product of fraud. And I think it's it's wild because it's you think of everyone sort of rubbing their hands together. We'll, we'll steal this election. They don't think they're stealing it. They think they're rightfully getting the result that it actually exists. You know, does that make sense, Jason? They I, oh, it makes yeah. sense. I'm not sure. I, I think that a lot of people who are behind this are malevolent and, sure. and, and don't believe that Trump won, but don't care. I mean, that's that's the that's the ultimate. But that, know in their hearts that 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 Biden, Biden won. But, or at least believe that he probably did. But right. just simply say, we don't care. I mean, that's despotism, right? Yes. That That is... That is what we see all the time in in third world banana republics, right? Where you have a vote that comes in and the despotic leader says, 
I don't care what the vote says. Isn't that a more addressable problem when you have a true fascist who says, I don't care about those results, be they what they are, I am going to take power, versus someone who is able to convince people that the other side is fraudulent seems a, like a sturdier path, because then you're you're sort of molding the facts yeah. versus just absolutely I, nakedly I the point. I, I think grabbing power. I think they're, they're always hand in hand. I, I yeah. think that every time that the fascist takes power, you know, Vladimir Putin or Adolf Hitler, they don't say, oh, I stole the election. Right. They say, hey... That this person, they we, we had a vote and I won the vote. And to the extent I didn't win the vote is because it's the fraud on the it's illegitimate and the fraud on the other side. That's that's despotism and that's the everything you are seeing from the election deniers is pure despotism. It doesn't you you can conflate these like do I really believe he won or do I believe it was it, it was uh, fraud or whatever it is. It's all just it doesn't really matter because pa- we want power for power's sake and yeah. we think the other side is so stupid and so corrupt that it doesn't matter what the vote said, they shouldn't get it. And by the way, we've never seen it in, in our lifetimes, and I think in, this, in the last two centuries, the 21st and 20th centuries, we've never seen it quite this starkly put in America. But Democrats said the same thing in, in 2016 about Trump. Like, yeah. not our president. Uh, it was only the popular vote, the popular vote, you know, all this stuff. We also, Democrats didn't want to accept that that was the reality. Yes. Republicans, we also don't want to accept that, that, uh, that Biden won. Now, the difference, of course, being is that there have been calls to literally calls to arms on the right to overthrow Biden's election. There was a storming of the Capitol to over overthrow the election. It's gotten much more serious and much more real. But the arguments exist on both sides. Yeah, I agree. And it's just a very dangerous situation for democracy. I don't like to be sort of a guy who raises alarms about these things. I think we've had elections for a long time. But there is something strange about the inability to disprove a sort of conspiracy theory, right? There have been a lot of people who said, we've certified this election. We've counted these votes. Courts, countless courts have said the results are verifiable. And yet the narrative sort of continues in the face of all that becomes a sort of impossible problem. It's sort of a Gordian knot that you can't you can't sort of solve right yeah because they don't believe anyone yeah that deviates from their narrative so anyway bill maher always you solve sort of a gordian or do you cut a gordian oh you gotta cut it you gotta cut oh it yeah you can't untie right. that thing it's gordian. Tie it. no, it's gordian it's <laughs> gordian by definition it wouldn't <laughs> be gordian, gordian if it could be untied you gotta get the you gotta get the scissors out all right. all right that'll do it for us uh we'll see you next time 